right, cool. People roll in, but uh, I assume most folks attending are regulars slash folks who are interested in hopefully asking some questions or learning more about what's kind of transpired this week. I figured it'd be kind of cool to kick off with sort of like 10, 15 second elevator pitch of, you know, what is IBBTC and why does it matter? Just to kind of set the stage for for the discussion about what's transpired this week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, I mean, IBBTC, this is you know, probably the biggest step we've taken in kind of making IBBTC the, the flagship product for Badger. We'll get into a lot of kind of what led us, I guess, here uh, as we go along. But IBBTC is, we want it to be, you know, the default Bitcoin asset to hold across all chains and just in, in DeFi um, and have native interest built into it. Um, currently, it doesn't necessarily have the native interest, but this is kind of the, the first big step we're taking in consolidating our focus into IBBTC, uh, bootstrapping the, the liquidity and the uh, market cap for IBBTC to make it a viable asset for a lot of people to hold um, and set it up so that we can use our uh, you know, newfound uh, vote weight and influence in the convex ecosystem to uh, drive yield to it long term. So this big step was launching the curve pool with IBTC paired with the uh, SBTC meta pool and uh, shifting all of our the, the focus of our Bitcoin native emissions towards that and um, starting pushing our, our, our vote weight towards it as well. So all that's focused on the IBTC LP pool with the hope of driving um, deep liquidity and uh, more utility for IBTC. Yeah, for sure. oh, just a reminder to anybody who's rolling in we do have the office hours discussion channel open uh just above so feel free to join a chat there um we'll open up for some questions a little bit later and hopefully get a good discussion going there great intro john in terms of sort of what's gone down this week uh spada boom being the great hype man that he is uh alluded to sort of IBBTC being sort of this one uh, click, easy way to earn yield on your Bitcoin in DeFi, um, growing this pool uh, that we've launched this week uh, into a sort of a $5 billion massive pool. Uh, but with that comes a few steps before. Uh, so maybe we can talk a little bit about sort of the bootstrapping liquidity um, that we began sort of earlier in the week and how we're now kind of introducing yields and, and why that matters, what that means and how that kind of prepares us for the next phase. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, we've been talking about it a lot. I mean, boom talks about it um, on different formats. We've posted about it, written about it, how kind of the long-term goal of Badger is to provide kind of two different avenues for users uh, one is like the super easy click and earn where I have some Bitcoin, I want to earn yield on it. Let's make that super easy for people to get into it. And that's what we want IBBTC to be, uh, where you're either minting it with an asset or you're buying it somewhere. And that can be on Ethereum. It can be on you know Polygon or Arbitrum or Solana or Binance or wherever. Like That's the long-term goal, right, is to have it be all over the place. And if you want to earn yield on your Bitcoin, you just either swap for it, uh, it, probably swap for it, or if you're on mainnet or wherever else we uh, enable minting, you can mint it. And that's great. And then you have the asset, it's, it's earning interest, it's Bitcoin denominated, it's Bitcoin backed. Um, you can feel feel confident that it's a good, good asset to be holding. Um, the other angle of that is what do we need to actually support that utility, um, given that 
you know, we are essentially a yield aggregator, but also a partner first focused yield aggregator where uh, we don't sell all of the assets that are being harvested. Uh, we have to kind of create a relationship between the uh, regular vault depositors and IBBTC and, and the assets that IBBTC holds. So we've taken a lot of steps and we don't need to go into like the specifics of what we're actually deploying to, to drive that. But you know, the bigger point is that there is the users that will eventually just hold IBBTC because it's, you know, a, a provides them an economic benefit over holding just, you know, WBTC or NBTC or you know, just a single uh, non-interest earning asset. And then the users that are in Badger directly depositing into the vaults, um, going into different vaults, into the LPs, um, all that stuff. Like we need this economic activity from the more active users to support IBBTC, the more, you know, the, the asset itself. And the, the, the idea is that eventually long-term IBBTC is kind of subsidizing the users in the system and providing additional yield and benefit that they couldn't get anywhere else. Um, we need to get to that, but you know, a lot of this groundwork that is being set, uh, consolidating the, uh, all of the vaults kind of under IBBTC, you know, we're going to work to rebalance it into one underlying asset. Um, a lot of that is just kind of getting this framework in place so that we can have people that come to the Badger app and convert, you know, pretty high yield um, on their Bitcoin, you know, participating in the LP vault, um, depositing into different vaults in the system. But then those those support the IBBTC asset and actually are you know, benefit extra from IBBTC being large. But to get there, we need it. You know, it's kind of one of those, you know, catch 22s uh, where it's not going to be a prolific asset until it has sufficient market cap. Um, and it's hard to get sufficient market cap without being like a prolific asset. So this is a kind of a bootstrapping event to get to the point of having, you know, a large supply of IBBTC, um, getting a lot of focus on it, getting getting it in a lot of people's hands, and then hopefully having it kind of propagate from there. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, again, alluded to in the in the podcast, sort of being ease of of entry. Um, and, and we've progressed somewhat this week towards that next step being sort of closer to that one click. Um, but maybe we can dig into a little bit about, you know, in order to make that all possible without people getting wrecked in the process um, and making sure, of course, everything's safe and secure, um, you know, we needed some significant liquidity uh, in the pool, um, you know, to account for possibility of slippage. And I'm sure lots of people are, you know, probably coming at this from different angles, right? Some people are already in the, the BTC convex sets. Some people are in the, the SLP. Uh, some people are, you know, potentially minting from native, coming through the bridge. Uh, there's all these sort of methods to getting in. Um, as of right now, we're able to mint from all of these positions, uh, inclusive of RenBTC, WBTC. But maybe we can talk a bit about sort of like what's coming um, and how, you know, this becomes sort of that one-click solution for everybody. Right. You know, I might... All of this are my personal opinions, and I, I think fairly aligned with the, the team and the community. But I, I just want to be very clear that the actions, like participating now um, and getting into this pool and migrating between pool and minting IBPTC, like I consider these more advanced actions. Um, and it's really just anything on Ethereum layer one is a fairly advanced action right now because everything, you know, nothing is cheap, um, and these migrations take a while. And for 
um, take a lot of gas and to actually get from being in one of these vaults into IBTC and the IBTC LP vault, like that's a fair number of steps. And it's going to cost people a decent bit, bit of gas. And we have a gas rebate kind of in, in the works that will cover at least part of that. But the thing is that this is an advanced action and that's why they're are high rewards that are going to be allocated to this vault. You know, that's kind of the trade-off, right? Um, and it's, I don't think that necessarily getting into the IBBTC LP vault is something that we would classify under the, you know, it's, it'll, it's going to be a nice to have, to have a way for people to click and get into it and, and earn high yield. But for me, the one-click solution is eventually just holding IBBTC, which isn't, and I'll be very, you know, open with like right now, like IBBTC is not earning much yield. Um, that's going to come later after this kind of bootstrapping event. Um, we'll start kind of driving the yield back to it uh, through through the convex voting. So, you know, we will provide, you know, Badger will provide nice tools uh, that will help advanced users uh, get into these vaults and their time-saving tools, their convenience tools. But it's really, I consider anyone that's participating in this, like you should be, you know, kind of thinking of yourself as a more advanced DeFi user. And you have to understand the trade-offs. You know, it, we can't, the more something is built out, the more possible complexity there is and possible places it can go wrong. Um, you know, the ideal solution would be something where I have any Bitcoin asset and I click a button and then it, um, you know, the program kind of the, the contract would uh, look at all the different angles and identify the appropriate path for getting you into IUBTC in the cheapest way. So. So you have to take into account slippage and gas. There's a lot of different ways to get there. And building something out that would be that smart would take a lot of work, a lot of testing, would take a lot of time. Um, and that's, you know, we it's not really the, the benefit there um, and the potential downside for something to go, to go wrong there um, isn't necessarily worth the trade-off of, okay, let's not launch this for another, you know, two months. Um, so... That being said, we have we have zaps to get people into IBBTC from their existing vault position. We're coming out with zaps that will get people um, all the way into the the vault, and we'll have like the mint and earn and, and yada yada yada. But that stuff's coming down the line, and those are convenience features. And I hope that the people that are using them, I would stress it to understand kind of what they do, and also do your own checks against it. Um, you know, we are, feel fairly confident. Everything that we launch, we feel confident works in the way that it's intended. Um, but you know it. Everyone that's kind of participating in this migration, participating in these deposits, I hope is very comfortable with Curve. They're, they're comfortable with Convex. They're comfortable with Badger. And they understand the implications of using a Zap that has a, um, a, a fixed path associated with it that's going to go through withdrawing uh, WBTC from their existing vault. It's going to deposit WBTC into the IBBTC LP vault, or it's going to um, take, you know, the run BTC and mint IBBTC and then take that to the vault. And, you know, checking those points for uh, slippage is is important. Um, if you are a user that doesn't have, you know, if you have a couple Bitcoin, um, that's, if you just wait for the pools to get large enough, everything should kind of be fine. But um, it's definitely something I just want to stress for everyone to kind of understand the paths. These are convenience tools. But these are still being in this IBBTCLP vault is still kind of a, an advanced thing. We'll make it as easy for users as possible. Um, definitely don't want to um, hamstring it, but it's, it's you know it's an advanced action, and um, you know, definitely want to stress that everyone understands and is, is careful in their migration. So I guess just to elaborate on that, um, yeah, kind of been working on it. So as John said, 
right? The concern is that if you deposit single asset into a curve vault, I, I assume a lot of you have already deposited, but if you go on curve and go to deposit in, in any curve vault, right? And you put in just like one of the assets or you're not depositing it at exactly the same balance of the assets already in the vault, right? You will either make or lose a little bit of, of money, right? So you're basically, there's a trade there that you're doing um, in order to get to that balance. And so within that trade, you either like get or lose, you know, what you should get or lose, plus the fee is charged, which I think is like 0.04% or something. So in this whole process of, of coming in with just WBTC or just RenBTC or just SBTC or just IBBTC, right, you're actually doing this little trade. And while this is a stablecoin pool, and you know, assuming that it's like close to 50-50, that slippage is very small, like, you know, less than 0.1%. Um, as the pool starts to like tilt in one direction or the other more heavily, right, that, that number can go up reasonably quickly, right? And, and so like right now, if you were to go try to put like, I, I haven't checked, but two or 300 Bitcoin into the vault in any single asset, you'd end up paying quite a bit of slippage. And so kind of that's that that's the concern. So where we're at, in just in a little bit more detail with the zaps now, right, is we have these zaps that basically to mint IBBTC with set tokens that we that aren't included in IBBTC. So in our minds, those are almost all are all very safe, right? Like most of the pools that we're pulling out of don't we don't have a huge amount of pool capture in. So to pull WBTC a little, you know, to pull 50 Bitcoin of WBTC out of any of these pools um, is not a problem, right? And then putting 50 Bitcoin into the REN pool is not a problem, right? And then minting IBBTC, there's no slippage. So in that case, these pools are very big and we don't have real high capture. And, and that's a, it's still good to understand what you're doing, but that's a reasonably like safe, path i think um yeah now the challenge comes and you know like what we'd like to do and what will was talking about was to be able to have users just go you know like deposit wbtc directly into the vault um and the challenge there is that as this vault is still pretty small right uh hang on i'm just looking at it right now so there's about how oh, there's now like about a thousand bitcoin in it but as it's still pretty small if you were to try to put you know like 20% of that on either side in, you could start to see some pretty intense slippage and we don't want some whale to come in and, you know, like ape in and end up getting wrecked because we've had some pretty bad experiences with that, right? And that's not something we can pay back. That's just like a trading loss that a user wasn't aware of. So if you go on the curve site and you go try to deposit that 300 Bitcoin, like what you'll see is, first of all, you can set a minimum slippage. And second of all, there's a warning that, you know, like it's gray if it's not too much and it's green or red if it's a lot that says, hey, like this is the slippage you'll expect. Um, I've been working with Tabish and Ayush, who are the guys that are working on the zaps, and then Ilio, who's working on the front end, to basically try to integrate a bit of a curve-like interface into the deposit page of Badger. So then you'll be able to go in and deposit a mix of assets like you would on Curve. And it will, of IBBTC and the other three Bitcoins, right? And then it will go and, and, and tell you what the expected slippage is, let you set a minimum, a maximum amount, right? And then you can execute that and it'll go wrap the Bitcoin, do that whole 
deposit, get everything into the pool for you, and then revert or fail if that isn't achieved. So the we're working on the bridges has taken a day or two, but like we're getting there. And obviously, we don't want to release this until we're sure that it's clear to users how much, which we need a little bit more time to deal with is then having, you know, a Zap that is actually aware of the makeup of the pool. Um, and if it sees, for example, that you're zapping in 100 WBTC, but actually you would get a better price if you, you know, minted 70 IBBTC with it, it'll do that automatically. So I think that that step, which is also the step that would just allow like, you know, like from one zap to another zap and everything, or sorry, one set to another set and everything with one click is probably still a ways off, but having a, a more curve-like interface to deposit directly into our pool that gets around the wrapper and gets around like curve all together so that you can have a curve-esque experience, but just end up directly in our vault is hopefully something we'll get up in the next week or two. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the sort of far off that you're alluding to is, you know, some iteration of what we, we've coined Badger Light, I guess, into the future, sort of that one-click experience. But, you know, nonetheless, these type of sort of fixes do make it easier. They don't negate, you know, higher gas costs, of course, um, you know, as these are sort of intensive steps. But uh, nonetheless, this is, you know, a step in that direction, which... I think is really exciting nonetheless. Go ahead. Well, and I think, you know, the pool is working as it's supposed to, right? So like IBBTC is expensive to mint. What happens is a bunch of people and complicated because you have to figure out how to use this wrapper, right? So what happens is a bunch of people just deposit Bitcoin and then the premium starts to go up, right? And we're seeing it happen. Then like, you know, like every once in a while, somebody mints a chunk of IBBTC sticks it into the pool and like makes a little bit of a premium, right? And so that was always the intention of IBBTC is, you know, it was something that like whales with big amounts of Bitcoin could arb. Um, and I think it's now getting big enough that like it's interesting for bigger whales to arb. And, you know, like hopefully over the next week, like we continue to bootstrap, but we're also like working on a council bit for the treasury to be able to arb it ourselves. Right. So that like if it gets way out of whack, we can just like bring it back into balance and allow people to keep depositing it in. And then like we'll get there. Yeah, if anyone's sitting on 10 Bitcoin, you can earn a point one per one six percent minting By minting IUBTC, yeah. It's more than the gas. Slamming in the pool right now. So yeah, hopefully we're you know, it's early. We gotta like it's it's bootstrapping, it's building up, you know. I, I don't think we wanna like overreact as it's at to any balance weight at any given time i think the market will kind of help find equilibrium on the way up we'll keep monitoring it and that's why it's important like if you were participating like i might sound different than like will and trading about this bit but if you're participating right now while this pool is still early and still being bootstrapped and you know a whale could put in one side uh fill in one side of it right before you do your deposit just because this is getting this pool is growing um right now that just you got to you know, be careful and take ownership of, of your actions. And, you know, we have the zaps. They're going to be great. Um, the, the mint to earn is like, you know, be a thing. But like, you know, just d double, triple check everything. Take a minute, breathe. You know, the, the APY might be 50% or 70% or whatever, 100%, whatever it's showing now. But that is an annual return. Um, and it being taking an extra 15 minutes, 20 minutes, hour, 
to, to get in, uh, even taking a day just to chill and see, like that's a, a marginal change in your overall return over, over the period of time. Um, so we're going to keep incentivizing this pool for a while. We'll be voting for it for a while. So getting in there, there should be good, consistent yield for a while. Um, you're not really missing out on anything by taking the extra time to be, be, be careful with it. You know, you're much more likely to um, have a larger, you know, net possible negative impact by, um, you know, moving, you know, doing something uh, without fully thinking it through, and then you know, having a little slippage or paying, you know, gas for a transaction you didn't necessarily need to do. So, um, you know, these are advanced actions. I think we've got, you know, we've got great users. We've got great depositors in the platform. Um, we've got a great community supporting everyone making these moves. Uh, so it's just, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're like DeFi level three <laughs> Badger is right now. You've got, you know, Curve and Convex and Badger on top. So it's, you know, it's, it's complicated stuff and, um, you know, the community and the support team are great. They'll help you out if you have any questions. Um, you know, we're the teams in there too, answering questions, trying to help people out or try to put out as much content as we can. And, um, be just very open about and clear about what these what these assets, uh, what the um, the zaps and the tools you know do. Uh, but um, for now, just check everything out if you want to if you want to ape in if you scratch that itch. Just uh, you know double check. Yeah, just to echo what John's saying, right? Like both on the zap and on curve when you go to deposit. So anytime you're doing a curve deposit, there's a little thing that says like max slippage, right? And so on IBBTC, on the IBBTC zaps, it actually, it's there. And on Curve, it's there. And, you know, like you should expect when you submit that transaction that, you know, it could fail if you override your max slippage and, and you'll spend a little bit of gas, like probably two or 300 bucks, right? Or that you may lose up to that max slippage. So just like, you know, think a little bit about what slippage is, go look on a curve website and, you know, like punch in some numbers and get a sense and a good understanding of that before you deposit. John's absolutely right. And yeah, our community is there to help you understand. Um, and if you can, if you can kind of understand how curve works, you, you, you are kind of getting towards DeFi 3.0, right? It's a good thing to learn. And I think like once you figure it out, it's kind of enlightening. So it's also a good experience to learn it. For sure. Yeah. And with that, you know, if anybody has any questions or wants to come up and join us for a chat, uh, please just raise your hand or pop into the to the side chats. Uh, as these guys mentioned, we're always looking for new ways to sort of get the information out there. Um, a lot of sort of monitoring through uh, general discord chat and, and hearing what people are saying. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll consistently have some more information being published about this and, and try to do our best to uh to summarize it for everybody um but maybe we can talk a little bit about sort of the all-in strategy that we've uh employed and sort of you know how we're building this pool to sort of sustain uh you know consistent yield even with high tvl yeah so the the all-in strategy uh while it, it changed like convex changed the game um it went from there just kind of happening to be yield on different uh, pools in Curve, which is just you know people who had Curve were voting for whatever pools they wanted or where they had assets. Um, there was really just like Yearn was trying to accumulate uh, Curve, and they were kind of just voting for their pools. But they have a very like wide array of pools: they have Bitcoin pools, they have dollar pools, you know, all, all over the place. So 
the yields just kind of existed and, you know, people were talking about, you know, yield farming and that's you just kind of go there. And it was probably more like um, yield gathering in that like you would just kind of go where the yield is, you get it and you bring it home. Like what Convex did is they changed the game to where now you have to have, you have to own the means of yield production. So Badger, if we had not, if we hadn't made, made moves with the Convex Vault, if we hadn't been stacking Convex um, by, you know, through performance fees, it would be a pretty dire situation right now for Bitcoin on curve. Um, so it, it went from there just happening to be uh, yield on all these different uh, Bitcoin pools in curve and on convex. And now let's, you know, launch, you know, the eight, you know, five or six or however many pools we have that are on top of those to, to farm that yield and offer them to our users. And they can just, you know, get what it, whatever, whichever one they want. And that changed from, okay, well now there's no more yield there because people, uh, you know, who, convex hoovered up all the curve and then people hoovered up all the convex and now they're voting for things that help them. And there's, you know, these new projects like that have their own you know, massive treasuries, like, you know, Frax that they are voting for their own token, which they have a whole bunch of in the pool and then basically voting for yield for themselves. Um, Badger had to, you know, make, make our moves to accumulate uh, convex and then also to launch the, you know, the, the lock convex vault. And what that means is that we now control the means of yield production, um, but we need to deploy that in the most efficient way possible. And since we don't have, you know, a giant stack of CVX, it makes the most sense to, to focus that on a small number of pools. Uh, so to, to do that, um, you know, we've kind of taken the, you know, that's where it makes sense to consolidate everyone kind of into um, one pool. And then when you hear us use the term pool capture a lot, and that's becoming very, one of the most important things for Badger is uh, how much of the, the convex and curve pool do we have actually deposited in the Badger app? Because we want to make sure that we're, we are being efficient with our vote weight. And that means that whatever we're voting for, we want as much of that as possible to be in Badger so that we vote and then we receive um, a, a large part of whatever emissions we created with that voting, we receive a lot of that through the performance fees. Because otherwise, if we're just voting for it and it's not deposited in Badger, then you know Badger isn't getting anything else back out of it. And we aren't using our our voting efficiently. So those couple things have kind of pushed us to this point where um, let's focus on one pool. Um, let's focus on one pool that we can get high pool capture on. So how do we do that? Well, we can do that with Badger emissions is how we can get a high pool capture. Um, so that's why we're focusing on pulling out of the, uh, pulling emissions off of these other uh, sets, focusing it on one set, which is the IBBTC set. Um, and that will uh, hopefully, because it's a new pool, people deposit, it's gonna have high Badger emissions that will more than cover the performance fees. It should lead to high pool capture. Uh, which means that you know, the performance fees we take on it, we should be getting a fair amount of convex. Now, why are we doing that with the IBBTC first? Uh, with BIP68, the yield retention scheme, if we get uh, IBBTC large enough, um, then we can have an underlying pool beneath it, which right now I think is the plan is to have it be the RENBTC pool, and we can start voting some for that pool. Well, we don't have high RENBTC pool capture at the moment, so it's, it's a reasonably inefficient pool to vote for. Uh, but if we have IBBTC large enough and it is uh, comprised of RENBTC, uh, the, the yield retention scheme actually generates additional yield that will go to the underlying vault. Uh, so RENBTC depositors in Badger 
uh, will actually start earning uh, once the, the yield retention scheme is in place um, and IBBTC is large enough. If you deposit your Badger in, uh, your, sorry, your RenBTC LP uh, into Badger, you will earn a native yield and convex and curve that you can't get anywhere else. So there might be an extra you know, 2% on top of whatever is in convex and curve uh, that you can only get in Badger. So that very much helps offset the 20% performance fee. And then we have, we'll have some Badger rewards on top of that, which, which should hopefully make it a no-brainer for everyone to bring their NBTC LP into Badger. So that should hopefully uh, fix that pool capture problem and then make it you know, more profitable for us to vote for NBTC as well. So it's a multi-step layered kind of uh, transition to get to this point, but the, the you know, the big part is like we need IBBTC to be large enough. We need to have high pool capture. Um, we need good liquidity for IBBTC. We can knock all those birds out with this one stone of getting this pool out, um, start voting for it and get everyone kind of consolidated there. And then there'll be kind of like an unconsolidating period where we'll start kind of shifting some things back to RenBTC. Um, but that'll be you know an easier transition. We won't have to kind of go full bore with it. Um, and, you know, there'll be, you know, people kind of, you know, see how they want to, work with that. But IBBDC, this vault will continue to be, you know, a high yielding, uh, well-supported vault, you know, in the long term. So don't feel weird about getting into it. But, you know, there will be the uh, underlying RenBTC uh, vault will be something to start to push focus towards, uh, which will eventually start driving yield to IBTC and then generate that additional yield for RenBTC. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I would say is the people who I think right now have the most reason to, to ape are people with a decent amount of Bitcoin and low boost, right? Because one of the things that we haven't talked about yet are this like half flat emissions, right? So right now about, I think it's like 49% of the Badger emissions are, are flat and unboosted and the other 51% are flat. And then every week that'll drop down. And that's set up to allow new Bitcoin to enter the Badger system and earn a decent amount of Badger. So that then if they don't sell it, um, they have some boost, right? And aren't just coming into the whole thing, getting like 0% Badger returns. So I think, you know, if, if you know people that are like sitting on Bitcoin and, you know, and maybe it's a little crazy to ask them to the DeFi 3.0 thing, but I think for, for new Bitcoin coming into Badger and, and people that don't already have a bunch of Badger laying around, right? Like, that is the one nice opportunity right now is to take advantage of that of flat badger emissions. Yeah, it's definitely an important thing to call out. Um, and that's going to be slowly transitioning to more boosted over time. Um, but it's a good place for people to get in and kind of bootstrap that, that holding uh, for sure. Yeah, and I think some of this speaks back to you know, what we were talking about previously uh, in terms of trying to introduce these steps to make it a little bit easier, right? Started with sort of fee reduction, uh, mint fee reduction, withdrawal fee reduction, uh, giving users the flexibility to move around a little bit easier, um, knowing that these are sort of gas intensive steps. Um, but ultimately, you know, again, making it a no brainer choice uh, for everybody. Um, if anybody has any questions, again, feel free to, to pop up or hit the chat. Um, we're at about 35 minutes now. Um, we should have a post coming out shortly uh, regarding rewards that have 
have kicked in. I think we've officially uh, switched over uh, from uh, emissions to other vaults. Uh, we're pumping full Badger and now receiving uh, both Curve and Convex as well. Yeah, I guess I could hit a few just like more FAQ type things. So um, the one thing we haven't touched on, uh, the Curve pool right now, it's not IBBTC directly in it. Uh, there was a lot of back and forth with the Curve team directly about their ability to support IBBTC. IBBTC is an asset where the price per full share um, increases relative to the underlying and Curve pools aren't necessarily out of the box uh, configured to handle that. We thought there was going to be a, a native solution we could um, we could do to, to pull that off, but um, turns out that's not the case. So it's actually wrapped IBBTC that's in the pool. So it's a WIBBTC pool. Um, and then we have a, a wrapper page. I believe it's just wrap at uh, wrap.badger.com. Is that is that right, Will? Yep, that's right. Yeah, wrap.badger.com. So you can wrap your IBBTC there. Uh, if you already have IBBTC or if you mint it and want to deposit to the pool, you have to do this wrapping transaction. That should be a pretty low gas transaction. It just um, turns it from a uh, increasing price per full, per full share a asset to a, a positively rebasing asset. So um, what that means, just to... To clear it up, right? Uh, curve pool like assumes that everything is one to one, right? It's for trading stables at all the same value. So wrapped IBBTC goes up, right? One wrapped IBBTC is always worth one Bitcoin, and so as IBBTC goes in value, you end up with more WIBBTC. Is like like you would with an Aave token, right? Instead of instead of each one being worth more. Yeah. The, the reason we went with the price per full share thing with. Uh, IBBTC is we want it used everywhere, like I mentioned before, like other chains, other you know, centralized exchanges. Um, and doing that with rebasing asset would be near impossible. So it's it's definitely a trade-off of you know, different types of utility. Um, so that's one um, possible bugaboo. Uh, yeah, it's kind of the opposite. It's interesting. It's kind of the opposite of like DIG, right? So with DIG, we've got DIG that rebases on ETH. And then if you're going to bridge it to other chains, you need BDIG. And then with IBBTC, we have something that the PPFS goes up, so it's easy to bridge. But then if you need if you need something that rebases, you have to wrap it in the other direction. It's maybe just life on Ethereum. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, like some people might prefer to keep the WIBBTC. It's kind of a nice thing to hold something that is pegged to Bitcoin, but then just increases uh, your, yeah. your balance increases over time, which is kind of cool. And all of this may change in the next month or two. <laughs> you know, not as far as like, you know, what's easy or available, you know, just really takes more things to, to launch uh, to support it. Yeah, and I'm not sure if this was mentioned already, but I believe the intention is to ultimately have this built into the Curve UI so that people can bring IBBTC direct to that pool. Uh, mind you, if we introduce the zaps, that that step won't necessarily be there, anyways. Yeah, yeah, that'll be so. If, yeah, for inter, inter, interacting with Curve, that'll eventually just be handled, so you can have IBBTC and, and deposit it directly, trade it directly, um, and there'll be an option there for um, you know choosing which flavor of IBBTC you want to use. So it'll be built in natively. That's already you know there are other vaults or all other pools that are like this um, with Curve. Which yeah, maybe. Circle back a little, guys, on on some of the thinking around. You know, obviously, we've identified this as um, pretty expert level stuff um, in terms of the actions needing to be taken at this point. You know, uh, I mentioned in the beginning, there's lots of different angles people are coming at this from. Maybe we can talk about 
a, a little bit about sort of like the strategy and the thinking one has when they're approaching, you know, what should I do? Do I need to, to mint versus deposit you know, single-sided assets? I've got WBTC. Do I need to mint WBTC? In what scenario would that be better for me? Maybe we can talk a little bit about some of those scenarios that we've been seeing. Yeah, sure. I mean, I've been advising a lot of users on this in the Discord. So look, it, it it's it's pretty simple. Go to go to curve.fi slash factory slash 60, right? That's the IBBTC factory. So go find that. It's factory 60 on curve, curve.fi. Go to the deposit page. When you're on the deposit page, you'll see the four different Bitcoins you can put in, right? WIBBTC that you get from wrap.badger.com and then SBTC, RENBTC, and WBTC. Take whatever Bitcoin you have or could have from withdrawing from a set right? And, and type that in and see, then it'll show you right at the bottom, like how much slippage you'll pay, right? And generally, if it's a gray box, that means not much in either direction and it's fine, right? If you're going to pay a lot of slippage, it'll turn red. And if you're going to make money, it'll turn green, right? So you can, you can go there and you can look at that and see how much you would get by depositing what you have as is. Right. The other thing that you could go do is mint IBBTC. So the other thing you can do is add up all the Bitcoin you have, right? And then type that into the IBBTC box, right? And see what the slippage is then. So like yesterday, there were situations where people had about like five Bitcoin, right? And it was about, you know, like you would pay about 0.14% for depositing it and you get 0.31% for depositing IBBTC or something, two numbers like that. It added up to about like, zero point or point zero i think 0.36 percent right and then we figured out like that that was 0.114 bitcoin and translated that to eth and you know he went and looked and minted and it was like i don't know like a little bit more eth than the bitcoin was worth and then that's not worth doing right whereas if you go there and you say i've got 10 bitcoin i'm gonna put this now in the box it says like okay on my 10 bitcoin i'm gonna make you know, like 4% and I would pay or 0.4% and I'd pay 0.3%. So that's 0.7% of 10 Bitcoin, right? I don't, I don't, doing that math translated into ETH, but I'm pretty sure if you did that math and then looked at like the cost, like that MetaMask es estimates to, to mint IBBTC, you'd see that it was a good deal, right? And my understanding is that it costs somewhere between maybe like 0.1 and 0.15 ETH to mint IBBTC. So I think like the best thing you can do is go on curve and like just punch, you know, your numbers in and, and look at the UI for a minute and, and understand how that works. Right. And then again, we're working on kind of porting that user experience into a Badger deposit interface. Yeah, I, I always start kind of like where Retriever said, kind of start back from work your way backwards. Um, so start at curve depositing into the IBBTC pool, um, figure out which route makes the most sense based on kind of estimating uh, rough gas and then seeing the slippage and then seeing, okay, do I want to approach this from the IBBTC angle or from just direct, you know, depositing WBTC or SBTC directly. And then also look at your holdings, right? Like maybe you're in a couple of different Badger vaults. Maybe you have some WBTC or NBTC uh, lying around. If you can consolidate it into like one deposit into that pool, that helps um, as well. So, you know, everyone's got different portfolio balances, and that's where it's kind of like, all right, like you know, look around and you know, take take a step back, and you know, you really want to be strategic with it. So, like everything, everything you do in Ethereum now, it's like you need to be 
so strategic with it. And hopefully there's more stuff that we can do on other cheaper chains, like long term. Um, but, uh, you know, it's still like you're still the king. So <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for someday, someday there'll be something where you can just like approve your pool tokens. Right. And then in a gasless way, right. Tell us to come in and we can do a migration. Right. So you yeah. approve it. Some migration contract, which will then like suck it out of your wallet, migrate it, and give you back something else. But I don't know. It's good. that that's like not even soon, right? That's like later. Yeah, that's a big. You know, it's obviously a lot of risk <laughs> there. Um, but uh, I would, yeah, love that as well. And hopefully, we don't have to do large scale migrations again. I think this is going to be, you know, it's, it's a rip the bandaid off kind of thing. I, you know, I love seeing the support for the BIP. Mm -hmm. um, that my only concern is that. So this wrapper, right? If it works and we get everything integrated and it's like good, then like we're cool, right? But if we can't get the curve integration or whatnot, then like maybe we need a different pool for IBBTC, right? Like DAP has talked about it already. And then somehow we've got to like migrate everyone again from one IBBTC pool to another IBBTC pool. And yeah, I don't know. We need to figure out a better way that like where we're paying the gas and it, there's less onus on users, I think. Yeah, I'm 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 head in, head in the sanding that one for right now, um, but <laughs> I totally understand because it's you know every transaction, every deposit, every swap using IBTC is going to just take more gas, and that's just not efficient, right? It it, it 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 every piece of friction along the way takes away potential value from IBTC, which you know hopefully it's going to have a good yield, but you know it's hard to get any Bitcoin yield period. Like good luck trying to find it anywhere. Um, so if, even if it has five, six, you know, 5% or something like that, like that's a win. Um, but it means that, you know, people that use it, uh, you're only going to be able to use it in large sums if you have to pay a bunch of gas to, um, do stuff with it. So ideally we can you know, use this scheme to get, um, you know, help bootstrap our way into actually driving yield into IBBTC, um, and then have IBBTC liquid and available on, on cheap uh on lower cost chains you know on avalanche or arbitrum or wherever um and that's a starting point where you can just hold ibbtc over there and then um you know we'll see what we do if we end up having other vaults or any other anything else on other other uh locations but um you know that's kind of the goal um until we get there it's going to be a you know more expert action and there's going to be um gas involved and uh, unfortunately but you know yeah. and just to kind of i guess set the frame for everyone because we're like let's just you know like, like let's just do this head on right we've been trying to get this curve pool up for months now right like there was issues with the fact that the price per share was going up there was like a lot of back and forth with curve they were decentralizing their dev team was super busy it was like really hard to get the time and in the meantime like we've got all this convex to vote with and like the emissions on cvx right now are still pretty high but they start to like drop off pretty quick in the next few months, right? So it's kind of like we have this opportunity to like lock a whole bunch of convicts. We've got all the tech there, right? But we really needed this pool. And then like getting the perfect curve solution was just going to take too long and we would have missed the boat. So I think like the decision that was made is like, you know what, like this is something that everybody can like agree on enough for now and it'll work. And we just have to get it up get everybody using it, right? Like get IBBTC big, get the liquidity going, pump it up, right? Get a, a bunch of CVX locked. 
And then again, at best, I think John's right, right? We can start voting for a, a CBX or a IBBTC pool on curve on another chain, right? And farming that. And then we start to kind of like build that out. So I think like it would have been way better if we could have done this like without the wrapper, right? No, nobody really likes it. It is a pain in the butt. But in the end, like it's it's what allowed us to like do what we needed to do when we needed to do it and to take advantage of like the strategic position that we have instead of just kind of wasting that waiting for, you know, like everybody to focus on something that's going to take a while. Yeah. Hence bootstrapping uh, necessary, but not always ideal. Well, <laughs> um, so it, it doesn't look like we have anybody coming up. Maybe we can try and wrap this up and uh you know i'll throw it to you to john and tritium you know maybe two three pieces of advice to kind of summarize for users you know how to approach this uh bootstrapping phase uh yeah thanks well um yeah i'd say just you know first things first uh be careful take you know ownership of your actions uh you know for, for your migration like understand the path all that that, that we've been kind of hammering um also the the pool, um, how it's balanced, uh, the yield, the APY it shows, all of that while the harvests are getting uh, picked up is going to be somewhat volatile. Um, there might be discrepancies between what you see at Convex and Badger. Eventually, that should, could converge. We do calculations a bit differently um, you know, on either side. We're throwing a whole crap load of Badger emissions at this thing, so be, you, know, you can be, feel confident that you know, all, all of the convex and curves being harvested that'll be distributed through and then you know the uh you know badger emissions on top will, will be there so um if you're if you understand it if you understand the path and can get in there it's going to be a great great place to put your put your bitcoin it should be the best place to get um yield on single-sided bitcoin so we're you know this is a, a first step into making uh also as a Tritium said it's going to have a flat emissions for a while so it's a good way to stack some badger if you don't have a high boost um you know boost is going to continue to be in place uh, for the other vaults for this vault as well uh, long-term. So it's a great way to stack Badger and get better yield long-term on that by holding by holding your Badger. So yeah, we're, we're excited about it. It's, you know, give us a way to kind of gives us our, you know, North Star or whatever to start focusing on IBTC and like really make that that move of, you know, differentiating Badger uh, in the yield aggregator space. And I think, you know, IBTC is what makes us different and it's going to take a little while to get there. Um, appreciate everyone for being along for the ride uh, and hopefully you know coming out of this and getting it up and running it'll be you know a pretty cool thing yeah uh just to thanks john uh and i guess just to reiterate or to you know like two two points about like what john was saying right one is like if you don't understand curve at all now is a really good time to learn right and all you have to do is go to the factory pool on curve and spend 10 minutes typing different numbers into the boxes and seeing what happened. Um, and I also just posted a dashboard uh, on the uh, officer's discussion. You're welcome to like message me about it, but you can, you know, you can look at the balance of the different coins in the pool and then look at slippage and try it at different times and kind of start to understand how that works a little. Um, yeah. And two is like, you know, like if you don't have Badger and you're sitting on the sidelines or if you know somebody that isn't getting into Badger, right, because the yields have sucked if you don't have any, like now it's really a good time for, for new people who know Curve or who are maybe a little more into DeFi but not into Badger to jump into our ecosystem. So, yeah, I would spread that word. Um, then 
Real quick, so uh, Cassius was asking about harvests and yields, and, and let me kind of just try to clarify that. So there's this fixed 36,000 badger that are being emitted this week, and then you can go look at the BIP. I'm not sure how much it is next week. I don't want to say something and be wrong, that are being emitted, right, that are now being calculated on the website, right? Then at midnight, UTC last night or like about 7 p.m. yesterday, um, convex or curve started emitting curve emissions based on our vote. And I think about an hour after that, convex did their first harvest, right? And then we recently did our first harvest. So I'm not quite sure. Like, I think all of this stuff is still very much in the beginning stages where it's bootstrapped, right? So I think until convex has actually done a few harvests, they don't actually really have that much curve to, to distribute, right? Which is why I think on the site, you still see pretty low curve emissions because Convex hasn't actually collected it yet to give back out, right? The, the Convex itself, Convex is just emitting from their own treasury. And so that's already there. So I think, and then like, we also need, so I think over the next few days, like we're kind of watching the situation, trying to understand we'll be harvesting the vault a lot, I think. Uh, and then I think over, yeah, over the next few days, you'll see all of the yields start to like normalize. But in the end, you are you're like all of this money is staked on convex and you are getting whatever is paid out, you know, lesser performance fees. Um, so that is all operating, but just kind of for everything to actually all equalize out when all of these systems are just starting up. Is going to take a minute and our yield system really just looks at like what has happened recently and then projects forward from that so we can't really project things until until they happen uh so yeah that's kind of where we're at with yields and i would expect over the next like three or four days you know over the weekend everything will equalize and it'll all look pretty reasonable by like monday great stuff guys i think that's a good uh good section to end on uh thanks everybody for for tuning in uh we'll have a recording of this up uh for reference uh probably later today or early tomorrow um and you know we're only as good as our community so if you're unsure about anything pop into the discord one of our team members or community members will be happy to help you through again this is some pretty complicated shit so it's understandable uh if people have questions and again we're always here to help so Thanks again, and uh, we'll see everybody at the next one.